On the afternoon of August 18th, 1973, five young people in a Volkswagen van ran out of gas on a farm road in South Texas. Four of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Sally Hardesty Enright, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming murder. Sally said she had broken out of a window in hell. The girl babbled a mad tale. A cannibal family in an isolated farmhouse, chainsawed fingers and bones, her brother, her friends, hacked up for barbecue, chairs made of human skeletons. Then she sank into Catatonia. Texas lawmen mounted a month-long manhunt but could not locate the macabre farmhouse. They could find no killers and no victims, no facts, no crime. Officially, on the records, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre never happened. But during the last 13 years, over and over again, reports of bizarre, grisly chainsaw mass murders have persisted all across the state of Texas. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre has not stopped. It haunts Texas. It seems to have no end. Summertime, 1974. You and a group of friends are driving through the Texas highway on the I-10 on your way to visit family. Cranking your favorite southern rock tunes and shooting the shit with your friends, you're sweating your ass off because the combi van doesn't have air conditioning. But then, you hear an interesting report come across the radio. Grave robbing in Texas is this hour's top news story. An informant led officers of the Muerto County Sheriff's Department to a cemetery just outside the small rural Texas community of Newt early this morning. Officers there discovered what appeared to be a grisly work of art. The remains of a badly decomposed body wired to a large monument. A second body was found in a ditch near the perimeter of the cemetery. Subsequent investigation has revealed at least a dozen empty crypts, and it's feared more will turn up as the probe continues. Deputies report that in some instances, only parts of a corpse had been removed. The head, or in some cases, the extremities removed, the remainder of the corpse left intact. Evidence indicates the robberies have occurred over a period of time. Sheriff Jesus Maldonado refused to give details in the Goulish case and said only that he did have strong evidence linking the crime to elements outside the state. Area residents have reportedly converged on the cemetery, fearing the remains of relatives have been removed. No suspects are in custody as the investigation at the scene continues. Something to do with grave robbings. You think nothing of it and continue driving across the Texas plain. While driving, you pass a slaughterhouse and the smell hits your nose, causing you almost to dry reach. But before you can, the van starts to lose power. Slowly but surely, the van comes to a complete stop and in no time, it fills up with smoke from the engine overheating. It's hot, sticky, miserable and smells like rotting flesh. So you put your hand up and tell the group that you're going to go look for help. You've been walking for hours, but finally you come across an old gas station. You knock, but no answer. You start getting frustrated and scream for help, but then you hear something. Something strange, like a murder spurting. Soon enough, you look in the distance and you see a silhouette of a man. A big man. A big man holding a chainsaw. Who is this guy? What's his problem? 
and why is he starting this chainsaw? Before you can ask anything, the man runs at you and you feel the cold blade of the chainsaw deep in your midsection. You fall and see him standing above you. You scream but he roars back while he raises the chainsaw above his head and then... Blackness. Welcome to Behind the Boogeyman, the show that takes a deeper look into the horror icons we love. I'm your host, Tim, and if you didn't pick it by now, we are talking about Leatherface, the uh, chainsaw-wielding maniac of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. But not any Leatherface, no. On this episode, we are discussing Bubba Sawyer, the original Leatherface. So the Leatherface from the uh, original films, obviously. We will tackle Thomas Hewer from the remake and all the other types of Leatherface later. But for this episode here, it's only the Sawyers we do. And the reason being is because the release of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film is coming out later this month and the trailer has just dropped and it's causing all types of buzz. And uh, I thought that I would, it's best planned to bring this episode out now. Originally, I was going to wait another month to uh, plan it better, but what better time? We've got a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film coming out in like two or three weeks, and I thought right now is best to look at Leatherface and, and discuss him. So not only will I be discussing Leatherface, but I'm going to be talking about the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer, give you some of my thoughts and predictions on the new film and everything else in between. Um, before we get into it, I first want to discuss the original film and, and my history with it, because, I don't know, to me it's interesting, and maybe you might, you guys might get a kick out of it, so, I remember, I remember this was, this was a film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974, it was a film my family spoke about pretty highly, my aunties and uncles are not much older than me. So as a kid, I looked up to them a lot. They were kind of like the cool older kids. Um, and they are the reasons I love a lot of films now. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a film I remember them speaking about. And just the title alone had me not only intrigued, but worried at the same time. I knew this was a film I needed to see, but that title scared me. Unfortunately, my auntie told me that the film was banned in Australia at the time. And I would, I'd have a hard time finding it. So it wasn't until years later that I was searching through my uh, local shop or the DVD section and I came across the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on DVD and I didn't even give it a second thought. I bought that bad boy and I ran home, I finally checked it out and when I finally did see it, I fucking fell in love. 
The whole film just felt real to me. It was so dirty, so gritty, so raw. But then you have Leatherface. And this guy to me was the personification of horror. Years later, the remake came out with Jessica Biel. And when I finally saw that, I realized that Leatherface is my all-time favorite horror icon. Yes, that's right. I like him more than the other ones. He just ticks every box for me. I think he's the scariest for many reasons. Um, reason number one, the chainsaw. I mean, it's up there with one of the coolest weapons. Reason number two, his mask is, is easily the most horrifying and scariest mask. I mean, it's scarier, to me, it's scarier than Michael Myers, it's scarier than Jason's. And the reason being is because it's uh, <laughs> made all natural. <laughs> and... Another reason why I loved Leatherface, and probably the main reason, is that Leatherface is a bigger guy, and, and so am I. So I, I saw a lot of me in him. Um, if, if I was ever to become a serial killer, I'd probably be somewhat of the same size as Leatherface. Maybe not as tall, but the weight. Yeah, definitely. But, um... They're the main reasons why I love Leatherface. And, and, and yes, if you're asking, I love Leatherface more than Freddy, Jason, Michael, Chucky, Pinhead... All those, all those horror icons, um, Leatherface is just the guy for me. So, with that being said, let's let's just get straight into it. Let's talk about Bubba Sawyer, aka Leatherface, and dig deep and find out what really goes through in the mind of Leatherface. So, here we go behind the boogeyman, Leatherface. Name, Jediah Junior Bubba Sawyer. Alias, Leatherface. Age, 37. Gender, male. Sexuality, pan. His skills are butchering, chainsaw welding, cleaning, leather tanning, leather work, sewing, and mild cook. Bubba was a simple boy. He loved his brothers and he loved his grandpa. Grandpa was simply the best, the best cook, the best killer. He was the smartest and always knew just what to do. Bubba wanted to be like him when he grew older, 
And when he did grow older, he did what all Sawyers do. He went into meat. Bubba became the best butcher in the family, if not the whole slaughterhouse. But as time went on, less and less Sawyers worked at the slaughterhouse. Things changed, and they were no longer welcome there. Bubba didn't understand it, but he's trusted his older brothers that his skills would still be useful. And they were. Every now and then they'd have a guest. Sometimes they were intruders, but other times his brothers brought them all to the house. Outsiders scared Bubba. They made his brothers yell, but Grandpa always seemed to keep his composure. These meats were how Bubba could provide, help provide for the family and make Grandpa happy. Drayton, he was squeamish, and the twins were good at bashing, but no so much skinning or eviscerating or splitting or any of that. No, his brothers were artists, so they weren't much good at that at all. But this was fine because it meant Bubba was useful and Bubba liked to help. He tried being an artist too sometimes. He wasn't nearly as good as a cook or a sculptor or a musician as the others, but he liked his masks. They helped him express himself. Of course, one day everything went to hell in the handbasket. Hippies in his house. One after another, they kept coming. Drayton was going to be so mad. He had to get them all, and he tried. One even got to stay for dinner and meet Grandpa. She was so pretty. Bubba really did try to dress his best to impress her, but she couldn't stay. She didn't stay. She escaped and that was the worst day ever and the biggest mistake Bubba ever made. For the first time in his life, Bubba had to pick up Grandpa and Grandma and Grandma and the wheelie guy and the food and nubbins and everything and leave his home. They were on the road for what it felt like forever, but at least they had each other and his chainsaws. So here we are talking about Leatherface, and I'm going to go through a bit of a, a discussion on, on who Leatherface is, and 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 what like his attributes are, and what his weapons are, and why why he is what he is. Because I find Leatherface one of the most fascinating killers out there um, for for many reasons. I, I I put him up there with Michael Myers. I, I did an episode on Michael Myers as well, and I really went deep into his psyche, and that was actually really interesting. Leatherface, there's not as much written or told about Leatherface as there is with, uh, say, a Mick Taylor or a Michael Myers. So, realistically, what I'm, all my studies that I have on this character uh, are more in the line of a mental patient, not so much Leatherface. Where, if you search up the psychosis of Michael Myers, there is hundreds of different articles you can read about what people put into their perspectives of what is Michael, why he doesn't talk and all that stuff. So with this one here, I, I kind of had to dig deep to find really what makes Leatherface do what he does best. So we're going to start with his masks, because that's one of the most interesting aspects of Leatherface, is his masks and, and where he has the idea and all the different types of his masks. So why does he wear multiple masks? Leatherface, as we all know from the original film, he wore three different masks, and they're called the Killing Mask, the Old Lady Mask, and the Pretty Woman Mask. And the masks really determined his personality. Who he wanted to be that day determined what mask he put on. So when Drain comes home with Sally, Leatherface, in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface is wearing the Old Lady Mask, 
and he's wearing an apron and carrying a wooden spoon. He wants to be domestic and helpful in the kitchen. He's basically, he's taken the role of, of the mother in this story. But at dinner time, he wears a different face, the pretty woman, which has makeup. Also of note, the pretty woman outfit consists of a female wig and a black suit, as Leatherface is dressing up for dinner, an old deep South tradition which stems from his southern upbringing. And of course we have last the killing mask, which is the skin mask he wears while chasing and murdering captives. So I like the aspect that he has three different masks here, and that's what he uses to bring out his personalities, because he doesn't speak. I mean, he makes noises, but he doesn't communicate how you and I do. Like, quite honestly, Leatherface would be horrible on a podcast. Uh, entertaining, yes, but horrible. So I like the fact that he wears these different masks. And, and I, wish, I wish the other films kind of explored that, because they don't. Uh, we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, where he only has, really, the one mask. And then if you continue on the timeline... Um, if, if you want to get really deep, Bubba Sawyer is actually dead after the end of part two, and then we get into a whole new weird world of different leather faces, and they do have somewhat different masks, but not really. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, he only sticks with the one mask, and then the next generation, which we don't really speak about here because of reasons, uh, he does have the the woman transvestite mask, but I, from what I can remember, and it's been a while since I checked that movie out, from what I can remember, he only really stuck to that mask. Um, and then we go to the remake, and yes, he has multiple masks there, but they're, they're not really bringing out his personality. They're more just for shock value. I mean, you have the original uh, mask that he wears, that he shows up with in the remake, uh, which is f- my personal favorite. I think it's fucking just an unreal design but then you have um Kemper which is Jessica Biel's boyfriend he takes off his face and wears that so we get a couple of different masks in that but none really showing an emotion like the first one did and I kind of wish that other films would explore that um because yeah none of them do but beyond the mask let's go into the the psychological disorders of Leatherface I'm not crazy, I'm in control. I'm not crazy, I'm in control. I'm not crazy, I'm in control. I'm not fine. Psychological disorders of Leatherface. And as I said at the start of this episode, this was kind of hard to find because nothing's really been written i mean you have different comics and this is where i usually get my information is like the novelization of the films or or comic books or something like that and there is no real novelization of texas chainsaw massacre and there are no real comics of texas chainsaw massacre there are comics of the remakes and other parts but there's no real comics of the original 
uh, Leatherface. So there was really nothing to go off, but I did stumble across uh, a little paragraph that I found um, as to what the psychological disorders of Leatherface are, and I found them somewhat interesting. Uh, basically, it says here that he has intellectual disability, which is formerly known as mental retardation. And that's characterized by a below average intelligence and mental ability and a lack of ability to function normally on a day-to-day -day basis. Individuals with intellectual, uh, sorry, <laughs> intellectual disability lack the ability to take care of themselves, therefore becoming dependent on their families, although abusive. And I think that hits the nail on the head when we're talking about Weatherface. Um... And if you didn't know, Leatherface, he was inspired by serial killer Ed Gein, uh, who portrays intellectual disability in how he lacks the ability to properly communicate and care for himself. He can't fully think for himself and obeys the orders given to him by his family out of fear. And that's, we'll get to it in a second, but that's another thing that um, the other movies don't really show that the original does show is that Leatherface he's not really he's not really out there by himself stalking and killing his prey he's, he's more just taking orders of what his family wants and he's more protecting his territory and with the other films um he he, he I mean he is he is out there and doing his own thing. I mean, yes, the family element is still there, but then you have other films like Texas Chainsaw 3D, which Leatherface is by himself, and he's just... Uh, he, he does he does still have that family element, and he does still stand up for his territory, but he's still very much uh, thinking for himself. And that's something that I, I do want to see be brought back to the Texas Chainsaw uh, franchise, with that being said. But we've spoken about here a bit as to the whole um, Leatherface not speaking. And Michael Myers, there's an actual reason as to why he speaks. But why doesn't Leather Leatherface speak? Leatherface, we all know he was abused and isolated by his family, causing him to not talk and have a strict obedience to them out of fear. He was scared that if he said or, or spoke that he would be abused. Which I think maybe he lost the ability to speak, which is now why he kind of grunts and groans and kind of mimics farm animals. I mean, for people that know the Texas Chainsaw, the making of Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface, he went to farm uh, farms and, and uh, like watched pigs, and he also went to schools of disability. I have to be careful what I say here and watched how they react with each other and, and interact with each other and, and all that stuff. And he took notes in his head and he, and he kind of brought that to the character of Leatherface. And I think a lot of that was shown on, on screen that, yes, he doesn't talk. He is more of a simple man-child, basically. But coupled with the low intellect level, he does anything that his family tells him to, including killing many different innocent people. So I think it just comes back to the whole family comes first. I listen to my family, I do what they say, and that's it. Um, and he tries his hardest to impress them. Um, so I think he's just, he, he, he reacts out of fear, which is interesting, especially for a, a serial killer, because you don't see that 
in many movies. With that being said, let's get to Leatherface's weapons of choice. Leatherface's weapons of choice, and, and he actually has a multitude of different things. Uh, we'll start off with the sledgehammer, which is one of his main things. And most people would say the chainsaw is the main weapon, and, and yes, it is, but I would say on par is the sledgehammer. He, he uses the sledgehammer. I mean, take the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. He uses the sledgehammer more than he uses the chainsaw. And even in the remake, <clears throat> he uses the sledgehammer uh, a number of times. So the sledgehammer... And what I like about the sledgehammer is is the whole scene in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you have the hitchhiker talking about how they used to put down the cattle and they used to use the sledgehammer. Now, me being a butcher by trade, and <laughs> I actually, yes, I, I am a butcher by trade. I did my butcher apprenticeship and the reason I did that is because of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That is no lie. I wanted to become a butcher because Leatherface was a butcher. I shit you not, that's the whole fucking reason I became a butcher. I am no longer a butcher, but yes, that was the reason. Um, but being a butcher and learning all about that, I uh, went to school for butchery, uh, learning all about how they, how the slaughterhouses and the abattoirs work, they did used to use uh, sledgehammers back in the uh, old times, um, which is... <laughs> <laughs> brutal to think about now it's much more humane uh, I'm sure but they did used to use a sledgehammer and I like the aspect of Leatherface continuing his craft of his butchery trade and using that on people because that's how you take down cattle huh it must be the same to take down people and I think that's really really cool his other, his other instrument of death that he uses is the meat hook. And this is another thing that I really, really love because, uh, as we all know, as I said just then, Leatherface is a butcher. And the meat hook is another instrument that is used quite frequently in, in, in butchery. And I used to use it a lot, and I used to <laughs> think of Leatherface every time I used it. Um, what I like about the meat hook is it's not an instant kill. You can put someone on the meat hook, and they could just be hanging there in excruciating pain. Um, but they could do all, all types of damage. Yes, like, it won't kill you instantly, obviously. But it, it could, it, depending where you put it, it could in between spinal cords and stuff like that so um cause you to be a paraplegic do all types of things like that and what i like about the meat hook is that it, it is very much a real thing and a very much a real thing of how we do animals we put them on the meat hook and we carve away as we take away primals and this is what leatherface does as well and i love that aspect now let's get to the main weapon of Leatherface's choosing, and that is something that butchers actually don't use. <laughs> Although I, I, I do wish we did back when I was a butcher, and that is of course the chainsaw. Uh, the chainsaw is the main weapon of choice for Leatherface. Obviously, the title says it all: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And according to an article I found, he received it for his tenth birthday 
and he uses it to kill most of his victims by severing their flesh with the saw's deadly chains, obviously. And the chainsaw used in Leatherface in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a pull-on 306A. And in the movie, there was a, a piece of black tape over the brand name, but the green case gives it away. The pull-on 306A was introduced in 1970 and produced until 1980. The pull-on company was founded by lumberjack Claude Pull-on. And I'm so sorry for mispronouncing that, uh, that that name. I don't think I am, but I'm... Who knows? Me being me, I probably am. Uh, it was produced in... Uh, sorry, it was founded in 1946. The company was located in Shreveport, Louisiana, making the 306A a nice local option for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, it's also been noted there's, there is an online debate as to which chainsaw it was. Many people say it was a 306A, but it could have been the pull-on 245A. There is this big debate, and I'm not going to get really into it. I am not a chainsaw connoisseur. I don't really... I don't know the difference between chainsaws. I mean, I, I work with chainsaws now with my current job, but I, I couldn't really tell you the difference. But besides size, I couldn't tell you the difference between brands or anything like that, unless it was visibly displayed. So you be you and you just decide for yourself. Now, this is something, this is the next topic that I want to discuss. And this is something that is now coming to effect on this show with Behind the Boogeyman, I've decided to create a little segment called How to Beat. So, let's get into it. Place your bets. So this segment here, it's kind of self-explanatory. How to Beat. So, how to beat Leatherface? How would you defeat Leatherface? Or how would you escape Leatherface? And I've done some digging. I've I've put my, my brain to the test and really dug down and tried to think of different ways you could defeat Leatherface. And I've come up with a few different ways. And let's get into it. Leatherface, he wants to kill you for two main reasons, realistically. And the two main reasons are fashion and food. He wants to wear your face and he wants to eat you. He is a cannibal and his family are cannibals. They make the best chili around and they want to eat you. Now, there are a number of ways you can survive a chainsaw massacre. Number one, be ugly. <laughs> Leatherface isn't going to want to wear you if you are ugly. I understand that, yes, this isn't a nice way to live, to live life, but at least you can continue to live your life. So go ahead and, and cut your face, make yourself a little ugly, and maybe Leatherface will leave you alone. Number two, become anorexic. No one likes this meat. That's that's no one likes thin meat, especially Leatherface. He wants some meat on the bones. He likes thick people. So being anorexic is going to help Leatherface decide that you know what, you're just not worth it. Um, Sure, it, it might it might have problems of you running away, but you never know. He might look at you and go, "Ah, uh, you're more of an appetizer, and I'm done with appetizers. So I want something nice and big. Give me a uh, Chris Farley or someone like that. It's the first fat guy I could think of. Leave me alone. And number three, and this is probably the most logical way to beat Leatherface because, quite honestly. Leatherface isn't really going to care if your face is ugly. He, he will cut you up, and he'll probably cut it up, cut up the face while taking it off. So th- 
that's not really going to work. And and being anorexic, it's kind of not going to work, especially when you're in Texas. You know, with all that Texas barbecue everywhere, how can you say no to that? So, being anorexic in Texas, I mean, I couldn't do it. So, so there's really only one way to defeat Leatherface, and that's with his own own chainsaw. But how do you take it off him? Okay, well, this is easy. Now, remember, Leatherface is not supernatural. He's not a demon, or he's not an ancient monster, or anything like that. Leatherface is 100% man, baby. And how do you take down a man? How do you take down any man? A strong punch to the testicles. That's right. If you hit Bubba right in the dick, as hard as you can, he's going to go down, and he's going to he's gonna let go of that chainsaw, and that's your chance. That's your chance to gra- get the upper hand, and grab that chainsaw, and put it straight through the back of his skull. Trust me when I say this, the trusty old ball shot works every single time and uh, you will need to, you'll need to uh, get him hard because I, I think most most films portray Leatherface as like a six foot five type of guy, so I think you're going to have to really hit him right where it hurts, so, but that's the way, that's the way I would work, you know, um, if, if Leatherface was coming at me, just uh, crouch down, punch in the dick. And then, yeah, hopefully he lets go of his chainsaw, and um, hopefully it works. Other, other than that, you're dead. <laughs> and you know what? If, if Leatherface is going to kill me, if he is, if he's going to get me and kill me, I, I'd rather be killed by Leatherface because then at least my succulent flesh is being devoured and enjoyed by other people. Where if you get killed by Michael or Jason, they're just going to leave you to rot. So at least with Leatherface. They they getting a nice meal out of you, and I, and I think I think that's nice. You know, as long as I'm slow cooked or Texas barbecue styled, get some nice rub on me, smoke me for uh, ten hours. Um, I, th- I think that'd be a nice way to go. Well, with that being said, it's now time to talk about the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer. I'm gonna give you my thoughts and everything in between. Um, So let's jump on over to it. Here it is, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. This is hard, Steve. Sally? I'm afraid your old friend's back. 50 years I've been waiting for this night. Just to see him again. Who? Leatherface. Looks like it's you that he wants. I'm not gonna let him kill you. Fear no evil, fear no evil. Try anything and you cancel, bro. So I'm recording this episode on the 2nd of February 2022 and I I woke up this morning and the trailer was there just plumped right in front of me and oh boy oh boy was I really pumped and and there was a part of me that that wasn't going to watch it um, because this movie comes out on like uh, 16 days so what is that two two and a bit weeks 
Uh, I wasn't going to watch it, but you know what? Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of my favorite films, one of my favorite icon. I, I can't not. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker, and I, I just needed to. I needed to check it out. So I did. And I'll be honest with my thoughts on this trailer. And, and my first thoughts are, I, I, I am so fucking pumped for this. I am so pumped for this trailer, but I do have my worries. Okay, so let's discuss the biggest worry that most people have with this film, and, and I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to agree. Sally Hardesty is returning, who is the, uh, the, the main protagonist of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Uh, if you can remember, she escapes in a pickup truck and uh, gets away from Weatherface as he violently dances in frustration. And that's how that movie ends. Um, she returns in this movie and obviously not the same character, uh, same actor because uh, she passed away, unfortunately. Um, but Sally Hardesty is returning and she's been waiting 50 years to find him. She says that. I've waited 50 years. And, and as soon as I heard that, and, and I'm sure everyone here listening agrees and everyone... Um, who who watched the trailer agrees with this said to themselves oh okay you're doing halloween 2018 storyline okay so i understand why she wants his leatherface's head i mean he did kill her friends her boyfriend and her brother but unlike halloween leatherface wasn't in prison he wasn't locked away you know so why couldn't she just go and find him why does it take her 50 years to finally go for him and I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that she calls him Leatherface. And he wasn't called Leatherface in the original, so I don't know how she knows his nickname. I mean, they refer to him as Bubba, or, or other things like that. They don't really call him Leatherface, from what I can remember. Once again, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a few months since I watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, on top of that, the kids in this... We, we have a, a group of kids, as you need in a slasher film, and the kids in this, they look really young. And I think I'm just getting older, but if you look back at the 2000 slashes like Freddy vs. Jason and the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they still look young, but not too young. You know, Jessica Biel, she looked like she was maybe 25 or, or something like that. These kids here, they look like they're 15. And, uh, I don't know, it's not really a nitpick or anything like that. I think I'm just getting older, and the kids these days, <laughs> I, just, I just don't understand these, these, these teenagers these days, you know? I just don't understand them. Leatherface himself, let's talk about him. Um, the, the, the poster came out uh, a week ago, whatever it was, and there was a teaser trailer also, and, and we got a glimpse of what Leatherface looked like. And at first, I, I, I had a bit of a time coming around to my thoughts on what he looked like. Um, but now with this trailer here, he looks fucking cool. I, I dig it, man. The, the mask that he wears, it looks like, it looks like a fresh victim. But you, you take that back from the 2003 remake with Jessica Biel. And, and when he does the fresh victim face... It's, it looks like it's been dried out for days. Where this one here it looks like fresh victim. Like he's literally just taken it off and he's put it on straight away. And I like that. I like that aspect. He looks fucking creepy. And I love that. There are other parts of this trailer that I was like, I'm in an ahhing about. Um, I, I, 
I like it and I don't like it that they did show a couple of kills in the trailer. Um, I'm hoping that that's not all we get. I'm hoping there is a lot more carnage and mayhem in the movie to come. But overall, I mean, I was never not going to be pumped for this movie. I said at the start of this year that this Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm it's one of my most anticipated films of this year. I can't wait. I'm really, really worried that I'm going to go into this movie with high expectations and come out thinking it was cool, but it wasn't perfect. And and I'm trying to lower my expectations as much as I can, but I don't know. I don't know. This trailer gave me some doubts. I will say that. Now, where do I think this movie is going to go? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm worried that this movie is just going to be a slaughter fest and there's not going to be real any any deeper look at the Sawyer timeline or the Sawyer family. And it does feature some other Sawyers, or what looks like it anyway, and a lot of people are saying that's Leatherface's mum, but that doesn't make sense. Leatherface, let's, let's say Leatherface was 20. I think he was 23 in the original uh, film. Let's say, let's say he was 23, and now it's 50 years later, that makes him 73, which would then make his mum, let's say she was 20, when she had Leatherface, that makes her 93, and this woman in this trailer does not look 93, <laughs> she looks probably 63, so there's, I mean, who knows, it's not the first time the Texas Chainsaw franchise has fucked age, I'm looking at you Texas Chainsaw 3D, um, but... I don't like that. I mean, she could just be a friend or a cousin. Do you think, cuz? Who knows? Um, but I'm curious to see where that goes. Now, I have been told by... I don't want to say this too much because it is a spoiler, but I have read things online of people who went and saw the test screening of this movie and what happened in it. Um... Of course, things can change, but if you don't want to hear what I was told, then turn away now, uh, turn this podcast off, wait till the movie comes out, and then come back, and I'll let you know. But what I was told is basically um, the 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 Sawyer person in this movie is in fact Leatherface's mum. Uh, these kids go to the Sawyer house, they see her. Um, she has a hard time breathing. They help her get to the hospital where she passes away on the way to the hospital. Um, which, which makes Leatherface basically go berserk. How he found out, I'm not too sure. Um, but then somehow Leatherface takes his mother's face and puts it on his own, which would be a very Ed Gein type thing to do, which, which I'm totally cool with. Um, but... Leatherface then goes berserk. Then there's a police report on one of the radios that says uh, Chainsaw Wielding Maniac, which then hits Sally Hardesty, who I guess just listens to police radio, and she realizes that, hey, they're talking about that guy that killed my brother. So she comes back to fight Leatherface one more time. Uh, in doing so, mayhem ensues and carnage happens. Salis, Salis, Sally Hardesty does get her head cut off um and that's all i found out 
Now, whether all of that is true or not, I don't know. I don't know. The person who told me is not really a reliable source, so he could just be, he could be pulling my chain, so. <laughs> um, but that's what I found out. Uh, for the people in the test screening, they weren't really on board with it. They said Carnage was crazy, the, mate, the, the gore was really cool, but the story itself wasn't that great. And that worries me. Now, there have been reports from the writers or directors, Fede Alvarez, who says that that's not true. But who knows? You know, he's probably just defending his, his film, his brand, so who really knows what's happening? I'm going to put that story in the back of my mind and, and forget it and go into this movie kind of with a clean slate as much as I can because I am really fucking pumped for this movie. I really am, but... We will see. I mean, we've only got 16 more days till this movie hits Netflix. I am super goddamn pumped. Leatherface is easily one of the coolest killers. He's one of the coolest horror icons. I think we can all agree that. I, even if he's not your favorite, I think he's he's definitely in like the top uh, top six horror icons. I, I put him in the top four. I mean, in my top four slasher icons, I've got Freddy, Jason, Michael, and Leatherface. Some people may replace Leatherface for a Chucky or a Pinhead, but for me, it's Leatherface. But we can all agree that he's definitely one of the best slasher icons out there. Even if you don't want to admit he's a slasher icon, he's a horror icon. Whatever. Whatever you want to go with it. But, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my Behind the Boogeyman for Leatherface and I hope, I hope this, you found this interesting. And if you didn't, hey, let me know. Let me know so I can improve on different ways to help this show. And um, for you people out there on Patreon who, who got this a little earlier, uh, let me know. You know how to message me. Uh, for those people, I'm, I'm putting this one out for free for people because we're all celebrating Texas Chainsaw Massacre this month. So if you did enjoy it, let me know. I would really like the feedback. And uh, we'll be back with another episode of Behind the Boogeyman only on Patreon, which is $5 a month and you get so much other stuff. If you want to join, then hit up Horror for Dummies Patreon account. Let's quickly have a look right now at other horror icons and decide off the top of my head which horror icon we are doing next. And I'm looking at my picture, which just has an abundance of different people and I'm trying to decide which one I could go for. Hmm. And I think, I think I'm gonna have to go with a monster. No, scratch that, a demon. Let's go with Pumpkinhead. So for the next episode of Behind the Boogeyman, we're gonna be looking at the monster, the creature, the demon, Pumpkinhead, and uh, going through everything about him, how to beat him, how to, uh, how, what his, what his motives are, or everything in between. And this one's going to be fun because I've only seen the one Pumpkinhead movie. So join me in, in a few months and we'll uh, tackle some Pumpkinhead madness. But until then, guys, get your chainsaws ready. 16 more days. I am so fucking pumped and I know you guys are too. But thank you once again. I'm Tim from Horror for Dummies and, and this is me signing out. I'm supposed to be a mute, but that ain't the truth. Love wearing my blue tie and hair. Just to let you know you're not the last one to go. I was the last.
Why put up a fire? 